Sometimes we need a little inspiration, and Real Things Living podcast does just that. Real Things Living has a focus on resilience and connection with others. Those connections lead to ideas, to solutions, and to better overall health. This podcast is brought to you by Gemini Media. Gemini Media delivers the best solutions for business communications through collaborative relationships. Hi, y'all. It's Bridget Cutshaw with Real Things Living. Today, my guest is Matt Tanner, and Matt lives in the Atlanta area like me. Matt is the founder of Same Page HR, and Matt and I met about five years ago through Alt-MBA. Can you introduce yourself, Matt? Hey there, everybody. Uh, like Bridget said, my name is Matt. Um, I am the founder of Same Page HR, which is an HR consulting firm, which uh, is more exciting than it sounds, I promise. Uh, I guess <laughs> we're we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm a weirdo that loves HR. That's good. I mean, that's, people need advice like that because everything's changing constantly. And I, I thought your knowledge about HR would be helpful for people because... We, I try not to read the news too much, or I, I don't watch the news, but reading it, it yeah. can still be stressing me out sometimes just because it's so much info and people don't know what to do if they do lose their jobs. And I thought you would give some good advice. And I yeah. think you've been in HR for, I don't know how many years have you been in HR? Uh, if you consider, I think a lot of the different jobs I've done and have, have involved things like people operations. So uh, about 15 years, I mean, wow. during varying ways. Um, but uh, and I'm sure we'll get into some of that. But I, I also like to look at things from the other side of the individual, like the, um, and, and so I also do some career coaching. So I'm sure we'll get into to, to yeah, some of that. So not just HR from the company side. Right. It, it is about how to deal with people. And, it, and it's just different because there's so many um, opportunities out there. And people don't know how to reach it. And I'm sure you guys, or I think you and I met a couple years ago, I didn't know what to do because mm-hmm. I had been laid off from a, a job uh, six years ago, I think. Uh-huh. And, and um, I didn't like, what do I do? So I was trying to apply for jobs. And then I asked when I got cancer again, like, what the hell do I do now? And yeah. I had clients like, we know you, we trust you do your own thing. And that's what I got started doing that. But then you still question yourself. Right. And it helps to have someone like you to point out what is good and bad. And I think I showed you my resume. You basically said it's it's just, that's not where it really gets your job. Right. Right. I I think I probably said a resume is, it's not the thing that gets you the job. I think a lot of us focus on that. And and to go back to what you said about doubting yourself, um, I mean, I have, uh, like most of us, huge bouts with this imposter syndrome. So often when I'm talking to somebody about their career and they're saying, oh, I don't think, uh, how do you, uh, I don't think I can do this or I don't think I should go for this. Like I have those same feelings. And so just naming that and talking about it is usually the most helpful. <laughs> um, I think a lot of times people, I'll write something and put it on medium and I'll get these emails like, Oh, how did you, how do you have it all figured out? And I just respond with, I don't have anything figured out. <laughs> um, I think people like hearing that it's comforting. Um, there's a lot of uh, fake experts out there. So right. that, that's uh, I even true. hate, yeah. Well, I um, think, yeah, what you do is being really authentic. You're being like, you know, I'm not, but you just, 
you're putting it out there, which is what we kind of learn in all MBA, right? Um, right. To try to get over that fear. And I had not only imposter syndrome, but I also was a perfectionist. <laughs> yeah. What stops you sometimes use as an excuse. It's not perfect. So I can't do it. And that's why I thought we all have to adapt constantly. And then COVID just put this on speed mode. Oh, yeah. Is that the right word? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think every, everyone that I talk to, both businesses and individuals, uh, a lot of the normal playbook is kind of out the window. And one of the things that I've realized, uh, I was very, I always had an interest in starting my own thing. And I don't think this is going to be, this podcast will be a conversation about you should definitely go start your own thing. Right. Because I'm not even sure if I'm, if I should be doing this, but uh, for years, I was very scared of trying to go out on my own. Um, and then when I got laid off during COVID, it dawned on me that there's really, it's just as scary sitting in a, uh, an office waiting for a, something to happen in a company to lay you off. So this is just a different uh, kind of fear. Now my fear is, will I have enough clients to make this an actual business? Um, right. That's obviously scary, but I've got friends and colleagues that are sitting in, uh, working from home with these companies that they just, they don't know when they'll get, if they'll get laid off. And so it's just a different kind of fear um, that you're kind of trading when you, that's, when you go out true. And we're always going to experience it. It's just in a different perspective, right? For sure. For sure. <laughs> kind of what just it is. A matter of which kind of fear you're more comfortable with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and like, like you, I never, I thought about doing my own thing, but I never did because but then I had to get laid off and the, then the uh, and cancer wasn't fun again, but it was like, you know, my time, I looked, made me think my time is limited. I mean, yeah. it was a reminder. Is that the right thing? Yeah. You do something. We talk about not me, but you hear about do things that you love, be happy, blah, blah, blah. But you still need to have I should say, a purpose with what you're doing in a way. And yeah, you were helping others. So how is, I guess you have a lot of connections. And so that's kind of what's helping you um, get over that. And so you have like, just trying to understand working with individuals. You said you do coaching and then you do work with clients or businesses. Mostly with clients. I, I have written in the past um, about, I, I just, I find career growth and this challenge of figuring out what we want to do with our life. It's almost like a, it's a fun problem to to solve for me and I like talking about that with friends and family and colleagues and for a bit there I tried to I thought maybe I want to do this I'll, I'll go be a career coach and help people and I realized that it's it's kind of like when you're really good at baking cookies and everyone tells you to go open a bakery and you realize <laughs> you don't actually like running a bakery you just like baking cookies I, I realized that I just enjoyed going and grabbing coffee with with people and working on their resumes but when I try to turn that into a business uh, I didn't enjoy it as much it became a burden something I had to I was just dreading uh, logging into zooms for these one-on-one -on -one calls with people that were paying me to help them right. um, or, or you know meeting folks uh, all over town to do this I realized it wasn't as fun when when that became a business and so um, I still write some and, and put the blog out there and I love talking about that stuff with individuals but it's, it's not the path that I wanted to go down. Um, but working with uh, businesses uh, to, to do their HR department or work on their HR or people processes, that is something that I have enjoyed. I have enjoyed building that business. So I'm not sure what the difference is. Um, 
but but that's something I discovered. It's probably more in a uh, business environment, business to business environment, rather than the other way is business to consumer. Which yeah, yeah. I feel you in that regard. I did the health coaching mm-hmm. certification because I wanted to do that in, you know, uh, in between some health issues, and it helped me heal. And so I did do some health coaching. I was like you, I was like, oh, this stressed me out. Right. One on one, but when I'm in a group, I'm more comfortable. Right. Sure. And it, and it may just be more of my imposter syndrome popping up. Like, right. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm more comfortable when people aren't paying me for the advice. I, I don't know. I, um, yeah. But I, I mean, for instance, I, I've written this one article. I think the headline was, uh, yes, you can quit your job without a plan, which I'll admit is, is a little bit of a clickbait head, uh, title. But what I meant by that, and if you actually read the article, I lay out some examples of here's some reasons that you should just quit, even if you don't have a plan. And it was this you know, toxic work environment, or if, if it was impacting your health, like where you were actually uh, getting so stressed that it was affecting your health, like just laid out some reasons that, yeah, if you've, and, and I said, if you've got savings or if you're, um, if you're comfortable with risk uh, and you want to take six months to clear your head and figure it out, don't take that long, but, but uh, right. you, you quit your job. And it was really this, if you really read the article closely, I was not advocating to just quit your job no matter what. Um, but I still get to this day about an email a week uh, from someone that has read it and quit their job. And every time I get it, my heart starts palpitating. because <laughs> You I'm want to be responsible. Like, I, I feel responsible. Um, <laughs> and that was just a free resource. And so I, I, I just sometimes think like, who am I to give you advice on this? And then the fact that people then go and follow that advice, uh, it's a flattering thing, but it's also kind of scary. And so um, still wrestling with that and coming to grips with that. And I think that's why people connect with you because you are just being so upfront. And I think we need more of that, but I do understand trying to have a clickbait title to pull people in a little bit, but, <laughs> but it, it is important. And I feel better when I'm out advocating like with the American Cancer Society going to meet with our legislators. I was more comfortable with that, trying to help in that regard. Uh, than because yeah. I, I don't know rather I and mean, that's why I do a lot of content. It was my sons that started to convince me to share my info. I'm like, oh God. But it got people more engaged with me. And then maybe that's why I feel bad trying to charge you for this information. <laughs> yeah. It does. And I've learned similarly, uh, I've had some friends and and family that wanted me to help them with, with something. And I would, I kind of started by, by charging them and and giving them like a a family discount. And I I just realized you can't have it both ways. Like I wasn't paying, I I didn't give that stuff the attention it deserved. Um, it, It just, once it became a transaction, it just lost all the, the, kind of feeling for me uh, right, I, right that's that's what uh we have a lot in common yeah. and the when we did the alt nba i don't know if people some people don't know about it we were like the beta group the group yeah. one and you're we joking when we were talking the other day that you know we don't know if there really was a true process for vetting us to get in <laughs> yeah it was one of the first uh, i remember getting the uh, subscribed to Seth Godin's blog and got the email that this program was being built and they were going to take, I think they said a hundred, uh, 120, whatever the first class, the pioneer right. class that they called us, they were going to cap it at a at hundred. And I think at that time it cost three grand, maybe. Correct. Um, it was three grand. I think it's gone up a little bit, but uh, I applied the next day and um, 
was just thinking like, oh, he's, I mean, I don't know how many thousands of people read this blog. Like, I don't have a, a shot at, at getting into this thing. And then got the email that, you know, I was in and I still, I, that it, it was so easy, not easy, so fast. But I was like, oh, I wonder <laughs> if just like 90 people applied and they're just, that's why I'm in. Right, so there again, the first, the first 90 or whatever, right? This, I, was, I, I found it to be very helpful because it was a year after my get laid off and the cancer treatment and starting my own business. It helped me focus a little bit better, right? It, oh, yeah. It, uh, my husband knows I get a lot more energy when I'm around other people. Mm-hmm. And I certainly uh, like these projects that, that we all worked on. And they were random, had nothing to do with our background. But it, yeah. it, the point was how we can work together for different perspectives, come up with solutions. Yeah, it was the first time that I really, this was five years ago, four or five years ago. And right. um, we were in Zoom, I was in Zoom meetings with my team and two team members were in uh, Australia and right. one was in Washington. It was the first time that I realized, I dawned on me that, oh, you can do this remote stuff. Um, the technology was just getting there and, and it actually was pretty seamless. But I think the biggest thing I learned from Alton BA, it was a 30 day sprint and we had these crazy projects that were due at midnight every two days. And, um, right. you know, our spouses thought we were crazy because we're <laughs> going, going, going to work all day and then hopping on Zoom and doing this work till midnight. Uh, it taught me that I can do, I can sprint and do um, work in those short bursts and kind of go into this mode that I, I can't do forever. Maybe some, some people can, but right. it, it's it, I, stre- it, I stretch myself um, and then learn that I can then tap into that when I need to uh, later. So I, I found the, uh, for a, for a th- optional thing, like you're not getting a grade, you don't have to do the work. Uh, I was amazed at how the guess, social pressure perhaps, um, Right. Compelled me to get the assignments done and actually commit to that thing for 30 days in a way that I hadn't committed to a lot of stuff before. So uh, I've taken that with me. I don't remember the individual lessons and uh, I don't remember everything from all the books we read, but I remember that one thing that oh, I can, I can really dig deep for short, short periods of time. Right. He just been, I think I remember they emphasized ship it. Yeah. Ship, it has to ship. Be perfect. And that's kind of what helped me. Just, you don't have to have to be perfect to put it out there because that's what, you know, we always have to tweak and it's okay. And I just think it's, it was a great, I'm glad I did it too. I did tell my husband, oh, by the way, this is like three grand. You're okay. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah, okay. Cause I was, cause in my, but I did it. And I think that was part of it, the cost. Yeah. I think but, you're committed I, for sure. I think I, that, um, and I think Seth Godin even says this somewhere if you're paying for it, you're going to commit to it. Um, Correct. I mean, the same thing happened to me. I went to undergrad right out of high school and had the Hope Scholarship, and my parents were paying for my room and board. And I, I mean, I just floated through school and didn't get very good grades. I uh, was was pretty embarrassed, honestly, with the amount of effort that I put in. I was just immature and, and got through it, got a degree. But then when I went back uh, to grad school and I was paying for it, um, I mean, I just took took it much more seriously got much better <laughs> and got uh much better grades and so it's a lesson that i've taken away i'm gonna i don't know how i'll be able to do that with my own children but paying your own way or having some uh you know skin in the game is is hugely important. that's true my oldest just graduated from college uh, he was like you he had hope stuff and he was just um, messing around so he finally got through it took him longer than four years but the last couple of years it um, I told him you need to feel it a little bit. So I made him pay some of it. So he's like, okay. 
So that, that, that helped him focus a little bit better. He knew yeah. could things, he's one of those guys that's probably like you, things came easy for him. I w- I'm not saying that things come easy for me. Well, is it for I, my son? I, it was, yeah. I think I think the challenge I have is, I mean, people see like, oh, you've got books organized by color, and, and I'm very organized. <laughs> but my that's only because I'm inherently lazy. Like I put systems around me. Uh, ah, okay. And, and I think I have this projection of like, wow, he's very organized and um, you know, knocking stuff out and achieving things. But if I had my way, I would just be on the couch watching Netflix. So I have to put those things. I love it. It's not, it's, I'm not saying it's an act, but I'm just saying that if I don't have that stuff, I can break down very easily. Um, and I'll just lay around for a week. Like, like for me, I've learned that deadlines help me having a, that's, I've learned I was very, well, MBA, I learned I was very detailed. I knew I was, but I, it became like, Oh wow. I am more detailed and, and very um, strategic than I realized. Right. Because some of it for the years is trying to, to, to do work and have different roles, but I, I, that's what I learned from it. And it, it, it was something that I'm so glad I got involved in and I realized I need to be around other people. And I think that's what this uh, working from home stuff is hard for people. Even though I've been yeah. doing it for 20 years, I had to travel and visit clients and now you can't do that. I mean, my clients aren't even in their office. They're still right. working. That's hard for them too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. And so everybody's still trying to figure it out. I can just feel the the fear out there. And I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? You could just pick up on it. And yeah, this is not the best way for us humans to interact. I mean, I think uh, the technology is great and it's helpful for, for some stuff. But to the to, to people that say this is how we're going to do it forever, I just I just disagree. Um, right. I, I uh, It's going to affect the um, children more, I think. Yeah. And my kids are adults now, so I'm thankful for that in a way. But then the downside is they're graduating and being in an environment (laughs) where 2020 and everybody, I mean, that's what they're reading. Yeah, that's the thing is, you know, I was just chatting with, it's what they're reading. I mean, I was, uh, I was chatting with somebody um, that's that's graduating and they're, they were complaining about like, oh, they'd read something like millennials are getting this double whammy of recessions and, um, you know, it just comes down to the narrative that you want to, what do you want to tell yourself? Right. Um, uh, I mean, I, I starting this HR company uh, as I'm talking to clients, yeah, there's a lot of, of pain out there and it's not, it's not great, but there's a lot that are growing. And so there's just tons of opportunity and you can choose to, right. um, it's just, you can choose to go for that or you can choose to read the headline and, you know, go mope at a coffee shop because you're, <laughs> you know, and I'm not saying your kids are doing this, but, um, just because you're graduating into this thing that's not great. Uh, there, there's well, going to be people that, that capitalize. Well, my son actually got a good posi- or a training. So yeah. he's going to be going to Florida for some training to be in the medical device area. And that's because, right. because he knew somebody who, you know, he got, he went through a very rigorous mm-hmm. interview process. It was brutal. It made him nervous. I could just, but you, you know how that shit. Yeah. Uh, so that to me, if you're going to get in healthcare, that's a good thing. He's got a biology degree and like my husband's in tech, he's mm-hmm. drowning in work. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, I think the other thing that you're going to see is, is like for me, I've been terrified to start my own thing for, for years. And then now in this environment, I'm like, why not? So I think people right? are going to be graduating and just trying things that they were maybe afraid to do. Um, you know, I think there's going to be some interesting career pivots where people are like, all right, I've always dreamed of 
going into this field, I'm going to try it. And so I just think that that is the one positive or a positive of this pandemic, this, this crazy year we're having is um, people are just open to trying stuff that they never would have tried. And um, I think that's that kind of cool. That is a really good point. It is an opportunity to just look at it from that perspective to try to do your own, if you can do it, right? Where we're like, I'm lucky that I, that I was able to do that, but I always wanted to be CEO of a company and I am now, right? <laughs> Small, right. who cares? Right. I mean, and I think that a lot of times people focus on being their own boss as the, the one true path to happiness. But I, I even mean like maybe you've been in banking your whole life and you want to go, uh, you know, get into the, the, you know, retail or food or uh, go be a veterinarian, whatever. Like, I think people are just going to start doing things that, that um, they've always thought about doing, but were afraid to kind of get out of their, their comfort zone. Or you want to, you've been an attorney and you want to go work at a nonprofit, whatever it is. I just, I'm seeing more and more of that. People are like, just throwing their hands up. Like, I'm going to try something. It's a crazy year. Why not? I think, um, don't you, well, if you're doing something different, you should somehow utilize a good skill that you have. Is that, you're sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I think, um, yeah, you have, to, <laughs> there's the, uh, the diagram. It's like a Venn diagram, right. um, which is a hard thing to, not the best thing to explain a, on a podcast, but, um, <laughs> it's, if, I'll, I'll probably get this wrong, but it's like, what are you good at? What do you want to do? And what does the world need? And if you, if you're right in the center of those three things. And so a lot of times it's just, just cause you want to do it. Um, it, you still have to be good at it for it to really be fulfilling. Um, I mean, I'd love to, uh, you know, play professional basketball, but I'm not, that's not going to, that's not going to happen for me. So um, I have to change my, it can't just be completely out of left field. It has to be grounded in some sort of reality um, for sure. But I, I think that people are just going to widen their lens. Often that's not the thing holding people back. It's just, they're worried about the money or the, right. what, the what other people will think. Um, and so I think that is kind of going out the window. You still have to know how to do the thing. Um, Right. I've learned over the years. I got, you know, I was a college student, got a part-time job and I've always liked books, but somehow I got into it part-time trying to mm -hmm. deliver fax, faxes. That, that's that when faxes were, were new. That's how old I am. It was a big deal. You had to personally handle uh, or deliver them because it's only sent to the executives. Oh, uh, right. That. Right. People don't realize that. So I would sneak and read them, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I didn't tell anybody because it's usually pretty serious. If yeah. Yeah facts back then so I kind of grew and made, made and I and I learned that I had really good people skills and that's why they always had end up having me customer facing kind of stuff and uh there's just a lot of different ways I, I've changed but I've always some because in deep in my heart I just because I like writing and all that stuff I think that's what helped me mm -hmm. to grow and even though I was told many times you're a girl you're too nice um <laughs> So that just motivated me even more. Even but, uh, yeah. that's, <laughs> so you just, that's what I'm saying about knowing something like if you don't like writing, you're not going to be good doing the industry that I was in kind of in a way. Yeah. Kind of what and, I it's, um, and sometimes we uh, trick ourselves into what we think we like doing or, um, you know, or, or it becomes once it's a, a job, it just becomes different. I mean, I have always enjoyed writing and right after, graduating college I, I went and worked for a newspaper because my dream was uh, right. I was, was going to go be a reporter right. I'd, I'd, I'd read like the sports page with my dad at the breakfast table when I was seven and that's all I wanted to do was go be like a sports that's awesome and I graduated and got this job 
at a very small daily paper and realized that I actually didn't. I mean, I, I, I'm glad I did it. I really enjoyed the time, and it, but, but I didn't want to make it like a career of just uh, running around interviewing people. I and mean, I, I'd like to say I was smart enough to see the collapse of print media, but I wasn't yes. that smart. I just, I just <laughs> I couldn't cut it, but I didn't love it. Um, I, I didn't love to, working on deadline to write articles. I wanted to write on my own time. Yeah, so. That's a lot of pressure on you, right? Yeah, it was a good, it was a good thing to learn how to do, but uh, it just took the joy out of, out of writing. And I still need to give myself some self-imposed deadlines, but I, I kind of saw the landscape of, wow, this is a writing career. Um, and, and you could just say I didn't hack it, which is partly true, but you have to work your way up and write for it in that time. If you want to make your way into newspapers, right, I, just, it, I realized really quickly, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. And I got into production aspect of books. So I'm helping people with rather than doing the actual writing, you know, say it, I hope. And that's when I learned that I really like this, you know, yeah. <laughs> because I was, I love books and one of my customers made fun of me when he first met me, I was sniffing the book. Uh, it's just, I wanted to touch it. And yeah, um, cool. he was recommended to me because his book was falling apart. Well, then I like, well, who did you use? Like kind of asking these questions and, but it's changing constantly. That technology has changed, you know, everything. And it's just uh, like, I started this podcast because um, I was a guest on other podcasts promoting my second book in a way and like I really like this yeah. and it's because I am like I mentioned earlier I like connecting with uh everybody else and but that's kind of a, a thing now um podcasting has become popular <laughs> yeah it's a great way for you I mean at, at a minimum you're, you get to chat with people so I mean if you're going to chat <laughs> with them anyway and, and, I well about it. and we can help any somebody else and uh, we got off on a tangent here but um, what what exactly is why, why did you call your company St. Page? And you, you had, a, I'm sure there's a, a reason behind that, St. Page HR. Yeah, well, I, uh, I love reading about a, kind of like a weird hobby that I have is like thinking up business names. Like I, I just like, uh, I, I have random URLs that I've bought and like I just enjoy that process of thinking through how people name businesses. And I, I actually have realized, I have discovered that that's like a, there are like businesses, that's all they do is they're just like name, they name products or businesses. And I think uh -huh. that's really cool. I don't actually have that much skill in the area. I just find it interesting. And so I racked, I racked my brain forever. I don't, I realized I don't really need a business name. I just need to go help people. Right. Uh, it's definitely an example of one of those things that I wanted to have like the website perfect. I wanted to have a name and a logo. And I realized I was just hiding out from doing the real work. I needed to just go talk to clients and, and start doing work. But in that process, I just kind of had a random brainstorm going and I realized that all the clients I was talking to, like what I'm really doing is getting folks on the same page, like uh, they're between their leadership team and uh, their employees or owners and employees or even within the same leadership team or a group of people. So I just thought it sounded like, like this, is, <laughs> sounds this is what good. we're doing here. But the, the irony is every time we're, or not irony, the um, funny thing is on a lot of client calls or we'll be meeting, we'll be talking through the problem and someone will inevitably say like, I just, let's get on the same page. And I laugh every time. So maybe that's validation that it was a good name. Right. It but, is. Um, that's what I, that's what I came up with. And um, I, I was just going to try to get samepage.com and that was like $10,000 and oh. samepagehr.com was uh, a little less. So we went Yeah, I bet. Yeah. That's another thing. There's so many uh, URLs out there. Uh, you're going to have to be creative probably. <laughs> Yeah. And it, and it, 
you know, it doesn't really matter. When's the last time no, you type, it doesn't. type in I don't, URL? Right. Yeah. I don't really look at a lot of um, web pages. It's just, for me, it's about the human connection. And but some people want to have a platform for you to look at if they don't know you. Like when I came out with my name, I just made it up. Yeah. And um, yeah, that sounds good. I'm a Gemini. Yeah, all right. And um, I'm in the print media business. That's kind of how it happened. Yeah. And I've never changed it because there's no, I don't care. I mean, <laughs> if it, it's, it's not a thing to really stress about too much. It's, it's one of those no. things we, some people we, do, right. They, they stress about it. And I just like, whatever. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that, but I've been through a lot of crap. So you just kind of learn what to, to worry about. And, yeah. It's just, um, that's not the most important thing. The, the no, work, the work is the most important thing. I do like, the name though, I just, it just, very, it just resonates because you know, same, okay, let's all be together. You know, you're going to have to go through a process. I'm sure to, to get on a, a client, you know, to help a client out, meaning a business, not it's business to business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, it's, it's all, it's almost always boils down to some sort of people issues and that's, that can be the structure, uh, the processes. Um, but, but really any growing business, like, it's a, it's people that that make businesses, so that's usually the the problem. If you know, it's, um, it sounds like you also get involved with like change management. Is that the right word? Uh, yeah, I think I think change management is in any uh, at the root of almost any people issue. Really, um, yeah. the Kurt Lewin's change model is like let's go. I think it's I think it's uh, Kurt Lewin is um, when you when people aren't afraid of change, they're just afraid of like what they're losing. So state that up front. Like if, if something is going to be uh, identify that and be clear about like, Hey, we're going through this change. Here's what it means for you. You're going to lose this. You're going to gain this. Uh, and so just transparency is the, is the key there. But almost any time you're digging into like an HR or personnel issue, it's uh, change management. Right. That's kind of what I was thinking. And, and, and it's so many aspects are involved with that. You've got the individual, you've got the culture, you know, you've got expectations from everybody. And I'm sure that's a tough, what you're doing. You've got to be really good with people. Uh. <laughs> Try to be, I don't know, more, I think it's just transparency and uh, follow through, like do what you say you're going to do, mm -hmm. um, be transparent about it. And then really put put processes and systems in place that allow people to do their best work. Uh, so sometimes it's, you know, people want to do their best work, but the, the system isn't, um, isn't conducive to that. So you kind of got to look at it that way and see what, what's the real issue here. And, right. Um, Get to the bottom of the root problem. Right. And yeah. I think it also helps what you do is help set expectations. Yeah, I, I th <laughs> for sure. I mean, I think you can't just come into an organization and, say oh, we'll, we'll fix everything it's going to be great um so i think that again comes back to transparency um, right. you say here's what we can do um here's what we can't do and um do, do you want to try it that's good that's uh uh so so you i have to ask this too are they hiring you on a per project basis or on a advisory kind of thing or it just depends it depends on the client or how much work they need um, gotcha. for, for some we're coming in and we're being their entire hr department others have uh oh, that's cool smaller projects and so um just, just depends depends on the need and how much help they need. and, and I, I subscribe to it's the patrick lencioni model of consulting and that i just like talking with with companies that have challenges or need help and just hearing about it and then just you kind of start helping 
on the call, first call. And, uh, if that's kind of the fun part, and then at some point they'll, uh, they'll want to pay you. And, um, you know, there may be a few clients that just take free calls and don't actually yeah. ever pay you, but it's pretty right. rare. And so you just kind of jump into the work and see what happens. Your best calls up front are you're building the trust and right there. And it's just, uh, that's really what it is. It's, yeah. uh, one question I have is what advice would you give somebody just because you went through this during COVID if they get laid off? What, what, what's the, you know, the best advice that I got when I, when I got laid off during COVID, I was scrambling. I immediately went into, uh, let's solve this mode. My, my default mode is let's solve the problem. And so I had Trello board with all these different companies I wanted to apply to. I was polishing up my resume. I was also <laughs> uh, creating an LLC to, to start a business on the side just to see which was the better path. Like, do I want to get a job? Uh, so I was interviewing. I was trying to build a business. I just was throwing things against the wall, hoping one thing would stick. I would either get an interview or I would get a client to do my own work. And I was just spending 12 hours a day because I was panicking. I was like, how am I going to feed my family like uh, was right. just, I was all over the place and um, I was also doing tons and tons of just 30 minute connection calls with people that, that folks were recommending and I talked to um, someone that's become a, a bit of a mentor and he said the best thing you can do right now is just take a few days and just don't do any of this go watch your favorite movie um, you know this is the only time in your life I just turned 40s this is the only time in your life you're going to just have these wide open days at home with your kids where you don't have any work. He's like, I understand there's no money coming in and you're, and you're freaking out, but just relax. Um, take, take three, four days and don't worry about any of this. Uh, you're just operating from a place of fear and kind of get your head right. And so I took that advice, just close the computer, hung out with the, the family for a few days, watch movies, which I never do like on a Tuesday night, like, <laughs> we're, you know, we can't leave our house, but we can, we can stay up late on a random Tuesday and watch a movie. So I just took deep breath and a pause and that kind of cleared my head. And coming out of that, I realized, you know what, I don't want to actually interview right now. I just gone through that process to get a new job. And so I shut all that down. And so I guess my advice for anybody that's going through a layoff during COVID is just take a deep breath, uh, you know, pause for a minute and don't be so hard on yourself. This is a, this is a, Right. It's not your fault. It's a tough year. So uh, you're not, you know, I, I talk with folks that are frustrated because they can't find the perfect job or the same level of job that they had. Um, I mean, there's just millions of us right. in this boat. So uh, I cut yourself some slack. I had the same thing a couple of years ago when I was talking to you, I was like, hey, am I doing the right thing? You know, I should be. And that's because that's how the environment I grew up in. You have to be this, this, and this after this so many years kind of thing, which is not, that's, not. It is a uh, it is a fine line between uh, don't feel sorry for yourself and don't be too hard on yourself. Like I, I think the the misinterpretation of that advice. So my advice is don't be so hard on yourself. Give yourself a break. Right. Uh, but if you the, the misinterpretation of that is like oh this isn't this isn't my fault. This is a this all this stuff out of my control. I'm just going to sit at home and mope about it. So I think folks that have a high locus of internal control, folks that think they're you know, in control of their life, we'll, we'll do much better through this whole pandemic um, than, than folks that just think that the world happens to them and they're just going to, you know, sit, sit and mope. I'm not saying, I'm not saying do that, but uh, I'm saying cut yourself a little slack. Right. It's, uh, I've, I've learned that too. I just make, being able to be independent like this allows me to be more flexible. Mm -hmm. um, that's just, that was, I learned it was important to me because 
I had to travel like hell. You, I mean, it was insane. Am I raising my kid? You know, it was, and that probably contributed to my health. To be yeah. serious, I mean, well, it's it's just the we tell ourselves these stories that no one else is really saying or telling because uh, right. uh, about us. Like, I think a helpful reminder is like most of the world doesn't actually care what you're doing, so don't get so stressed about it. I, I meet a lot of folks that think they're only going to be happy if they start their own business so they're their own boss, and I ask them why, and they say, well. You know, I mean, I, I have this job and I have to report to my boss. But when you really dig into it, they're making like a, a great salary. They actually like their coworkers. Um, they, they actually enjoy their commute because they listen to podcasts or they get uh -huh. a little moment of zen or whatever. It's, and so when you really dig in, the only reason they don't like going to a job is because someone along the line has told them this narrative of like, you can't be happy unless you do your own thing. So I'm not saying right. if, you, if you want to do your own thing, do it. But if you want to go work... Uh, right. Some people want to have that. So some people want to have that secure, you know, they think it's more secure. So it just, it's your mindset. And uh, I'm so glad that I have the clients who trust, you know, because of the years I, they trusted me and, and yeah. they were very helpful. And because like you, I was being very open about what was going on. And I think a lot of people uh, need more of that. Yeah, I think the um, the best piece of career advice I've read in a long time. I was reading John Acuff's book, and it's uh, I think it's called Do Over uh, about about careers. And the very first chapter is a little bit of a preamble type prologue, and it says the first thing you should do is just uh, he doesn't call it uh, change your expectations, not not lower your expectations. Right, just, change them. Right. Not only don't be so hard on yourself, but like what do you don't be so hard on this career thing like what are you expecting like every day to be uh unicorns and rainbows so a lot of times we, just make, <laughs> we make ourselves miserable um you know start looking into the things that that are you know maybe, maybe you're going to an office that has like all this great free coffee and a secure job and you're still uh you enjoy your coworkers and you like the work you're doing but you're making yourself miserable because you've told yourself some story that you you can't be happy at a nine to five right. job um and so just, I think we expect sometimes uh, more fulfillment from our work than um, we really do. And so kind of resetting those expectations is the, the quickest, most simplest, free way to, to find more career satisfaction. That's cool. Yeah, it's some really good advice. And I'm just so happy that you took the time out today with your, you do have a busy schedule because you're starting to. I know. I think I was 10 minutes late to this. Sorry. It's okay. I, it's I had to push okay. our time back. Um, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm flexible. It's all good. Um, so can you tell us where people can find you if they want to reach out to you? Yeah, sure. So uh, our, our firm is samepagehr.com. Uh, all my contact info is on there, but it's also just uh, Matt at samepagehr.com to shoot me an email. But um, check us out and I'd love to help anybody out there that could use help with their people processes. I think that's so awesome what you're doing. I think it's great. Thank you. It's been Thanks fun. Again. Thanks again, Matt. All right. Bye, Enjoyed guys. Enjoyed it. Thanks, Bridget. Have a good day. See ya. I appreciate your time, and I thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast or leave a comment. Now go have a great day. Mm -hmm.